As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. Welcome to the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. I have, I'm the host of the show, and I have the pleasure of talking to another person named James today. But this one has a lot of golden principles. Come on, Mr. James Golden. How are you doing, man? I am doing great, James, man. Thanks for having me on the uh, the show today. Uh, look forward to chopping up with you a little bit and adding value to the audience. Yeah, I think it it is great. So James and I kind of connected on LinkedIn. I saw some of his posts, some of the things that he's doing with his company, some of the things that he's doing on social media. This guy's killing it. And so just interacting with him, we had a, a couple of conversations, a couple of emails. We talked and I'm going to tell you, James, it was a great connection. As soon as we start talking to each other, it was like, bam, yeah, this guy gets it. This is going to be a great conversation. I had to get him on the show because I really believe that you're going to be able to add value to our podcast audience, man. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man. So from the, the engineering professional side of all this, I'm kind of like this unicorn out here and I call it pavement management land. So I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Pavement Management Group. And we provide data-driven processes and solutions for our municipal and engineering partners out for ASTM data collection of roadway condition distress. We analyze all that data, do prediction models for deterioration curves, and really just kind of help from the consulting perspective, maximize all of our taxpayer dollars, extend the life of our roadway networks, and improve the conditions at the same time. And this is something that uh, I've been doing for my Lord, man, it's been well over 20 years at this point. I think I'm in year 24 of this career. Wow. Started out boots on the ground under a civil, which was really cool. So I got that type of experience working under an, engin an engineer for about 13 years. Mm -hmm. And what was really cool about this gentleman is that he became a mentor to me, obviously. We all have good mentors. You yeah. never get where you're going alone, right? So it was cool, man, coming up. And he had all this amazing experience, not just engineering, but he also ran a construction company building roadways and doing preservation and preventive maintenance treatments for about a decade in his belt. So it was cool to kind of come out from the data collection side of the house, understand how roadways deteriorate, how they're built, what type of treatments should be applied when, you know, all that great knowledge base. And then my actual physical education is in information technology. So you kind of bring all that crap together and you can see what payment management groups up to these days. And, and that's what you got, PMG. That's where all that's that crazy. comes together. There are a couple of things that you hit on, but I want to tell a little bit, I want you to would like for you to tell a little bit more about your backstory, right? So how did you wind up working for this company, this engineer? Yeah. So it's a, it's kind of, it's a cool story. Golden opportunities. It's one of those cliche things, man. I, I try to take that to the next level, my last name. And for all y'all uh, seeing what's going on right now, if you're watching this at some point, I have a new office that's got like motion sensors in it. So <laughs> I figured that out. James he connected with me offline about 10 minutes ago, and uh, I just set up my new office about 10 minutes ago. So that might happen a few times, bro. I, and I apologize if it does. I'll just wave around. You can see why this dude's being crazy. No, that's cool, man. You're good. No, Go so, so the backstory on this was coming out of high school, 
I went to Central Ohio Technical College for drafting design technology. That kind of gave me a little bit of an opportunity to work for the Ohio Department of Transportation for drafting design as an intern. Kind of got me in and there, right? It was an opportunity there. They normally take four-year students. So those on that four-year career path for engineering. But I guess they liked me. The little interview as a young man, they liked what I had to offer. So yeah. I did that. And because of that situation and taking action, there was like an acquaintance of the family that kind of knew what I was up to. I was coming out of high school. I coached baseball, or excuse me, I was on the baseball team in high school, mm -hmm. very prominent, always fighting for state champions championships. So I coached little league as a high school kid, like little kids looking up to you yeah. a little bit with a coach. Well, he had. Um, a connection in this space, this payment management space. And they reached out to me and said, Hey, you should meet this, meet up with this guy. He's doing this payment management thing. He needs some help doing data collection. I think you'd be a good fit. So I did. I just, uh, that's the opportunity to knock. And I'm always interested in hearing what it has to say. Doesn't yeah. mean you have to take it. So I met this guy to Tim Wharton's back in 1999. And he was going to give me $3.50 more an hour than ODOT was paying me. A whopping $10 an hour, right? <laughs> uh, back in 99. So I took it, man. So I took it and it just went all in. I was more along the lines of a field employee, a remote employee. We didn't have like an office to report to every day. Uh -huh. I liked that freedom and flexibility in the job and working outdoors until it got cold. Okay. <laughs> so, but that's kind of how I got started in all this stuff. At Banowitz Marketing, we succeed when you succeed. Build a thriving family business with great marketing that actually works. How? Start with comprehensive marketing direction and a clear action plan. Then get attentive expert help and choose whether that help comes as done-for-you services or as done-with-you guidance. Visit us at thrivingfamilybusiness.com to get started today. I think that is a great story. And there's a few nuggets. One is you were playing baseball in high school, but when you finished that, you were helping to coach kids, right? And it was through your service, through your coaching, through giving back to the community that served you and you were fighting for state championships. And so you're doing this thing. And it's through that service that you're able to make a connection that would eventually connect you with the person that would mentor you as you're mentoring those young kids. Now you're connect with someone that is going to mentor you that can help bring you into this business. And I am sure, James, that there were other people that may have had the same opportunity, but they didn't go after it like you did. Yeah, it goes. Yeah. Well, obviously the actions that you've been taking have been taking you in the right direction, right? You took action. You, you got that girl to go out with you. <laughs> <laughs> you took action and you took the leap to start working for this company. So now you're in this company, you're working in field data collection. So you're out there actually looking at the cracks on the road. You're doing the hand counts and you, you probably during that time in life, if you're driving down the road, normally you're actually looking at the different defects and different things that are going on in the road because it becomes programmed into how you actually see the world and what you do, how to fix it. Spot on, man. I, to this day, I can't look, I can't go anywhere, a parking lot, a bike trail. I can't go on a walk, you know what I mean? Without noticing something, stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, you're spot on. It just becomes a part of you. And I think a lot of us, like whatever your career is, when you kind of go and you niche down, yes. you're going to get that expertise, you know what I mean? And it just becomes a part of your world, you know? It does. And I think to, to even put it in different applications, when you raise your level of awareness, 
and you are aware of what to look for is easy to see. And so when you start thinking about that in terms of your personal development, in terms of your personal life, the areas where you want to grow, maybe some things that you want to make some course corrections on, when you grow in that level of awareness and you train yourself to look for those things, it's much easier to see them and to do some preventive maintenance per se, to make sure that it doesn't go down a road that you don't want it to go. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of my big words is preventive maintenance. Let's get on a soapbox for just a second here. You see this trillion dollar infrastructure bill that's coming out. Yep. For those that follow the American Society of Civil Engineers infrastructure grade card every four years, it's, hey, we're consistently rating a D. And that's just not good. We're America, damn it. Like our roadways should be cream of the crop, but they're not. So the good news is we're identifying the problem. The bad news is I think we're not taking the right type of proactive preventive measures to kind of solve the problem fully. Mm -hmm. It's more along the lines of let's just go raise, because let's be honest, about of that trillion dollars, I think it's like 485 billion. It's still a huge number. Huge number. I actually wrote this out in a LinkedIn post. We talked about social media content. Mm -hmm. I wrote the number out all the decimal, all the way throughout, just so I could see it. And so my audience can see like, when you just start, start throwing numbers out there, it's easy to kind of get lost in what's really happening, but only about 485 uh, billion or so, right? Is gonna go towards roadways. And even though that's a big number, the reality is the data, the backlog, it all suggests, it's just gonna be a, still a band-aid unless we really address the major problem preventive maintenance. It's just like, as we're, I know you and I are getting a little bit older, right? We're probably taking better precautions with our health and all those types of things, our preventive care. We want to maximize our opportunities on this planet for our families, for our legacy, right? Yep. It's really no different for roadways. They just become this thing of the past. And now, unfortunately, to your point, full circle right here, when James and James are driving down the road and we recognize all these issues and our wives and our kids, I got three kids driving now. So it's like, <laughs> like, fortunately, they're just used to it because now it's a part of our life. Potholes are out there, the cracks, the roughness. Yes. It's just now become a standard. And I don't like that. We need to get that thing back up. I did a, pod, or a post not too long ago in a YouTube video that said, that said potholes are a choice. And I'm just kind of testing out there a little bit because I actually believe that you don't have to live in a pothole society, but we're making the choice by not doing the preventive care. Yeah. Yeah. Because even when the roadway gets to the point where you have a pothole, you can go and patch it, but it's, it's just going to be a patch. It's going to be a bandaid and it's going to come back again. It's, it's just like when you try to bury things under the rug, you could be dealing with something emotionally, psychologically, just habitually something with your habits. And if you try to just patch it up. It'll hold for a little while, but it is not a long-term solution. No. And after a while, it's going to break out again. That's right. And I actually use so many, you try to find those ways for to make correlations between personal development in your career, analogies, all of this stuff. I talk about that a lot, James, and when my personal development and my growth, when I'm doing more of the coaching consulting type stuff, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, man, we have roadblocks, we have dead ends, we have roundabouts, you get turned around. Like we have all these things in life and it's what are we doing when these things come up to us? It's what's the mindset when we approach that roadblock, yeah. when we approach that pothole or whatever, whichever one you want, the wrong turn, the dead end. There's so many of them. The pit stop, the road stop, you know yeah. what I mean? There's so many of these things out there. So I like using those in my life. It helps keep things front and center for me. And I understand it. It's yeah. easy way for me to communicate with others on. It makes it pretty simple to understand when you can break things down to relatable elements. 
100%. And so when people can relate to what you're saying, when your clients can relate to what you're saying, it's easier for them to take ownership and with of that ideal and to move forward towards a solution versus you, you saying, this is what you need to do. And then if it doesn't work, they're going to be like, well, James Golden told me to do this and it didn't work. It doesn't work that way. No, it does not work. That something way. that like really stuck with me. I heard this a few years. Ed Milet, for anyone that knows who he is, they should look him up. He's a great, he's not motivational. That's not the right terminology, yeah. but you get the idea. But he said something, I was in an intimate uh, setting mm-hmm. and he said, you know, facts tell and stories sell. And let's not talk about sales and revenue. That's not what I'm talking about. It's like when you're trying to communicate and get your points across, when you can relate to somebody on that story level, they can get that. You can make that connection, have a conversation. And I will say this, man, you're in engineering. We're both going to be on the same page. Engineers, what? They're problem solvers. And I yep. love that. We need engineers. Yes. For the most part, maybe not the the greatest job of communication sometimes. You know, you and I both see that. No big deal. That's just life. We all have strong suits and we all have weakness. There are two things that I say about that. And people who regularly listen to the podcast may be able to guess what I'm going to say. Okay. (laughs) The the first one is that I'm going to tell you a secret. You might not believe it, James, but engineers are people too. Yeah. So we suffer the same kinds of failings and issues and triumphs and that everyone else faces. So we're still dealing with those problems. The other is that typically the stereotype is that engineers are not great communicators. I push back on that. I really do. And what I say is that engineers are great communicators to other engineers, to other people that are in their actual technical area that can understand the lingo and because they're understanding how that person is thinking and where they're coming from. And it's easy for them to convey their ideals. I think most people struggle with communicating with someone that has a different background than they do, that has a different understanding than what they do, and maybe approaching that topic from a different angle. Because unless you're able to have a sense of where that person is coming from so that you can package what you have to say in order for them to do something with it, then you're not going to be a good communicator. The engineers do a great job of communicating the issues amongst each other's and problem solving. The challenge is those above making those executive decisions and the, they don't understand. They don't understand it. And then you come from the problem solving perspective, they often struggle to, to well, how do I tell that to them? So how, why don't they understand? I get that. Yes. That's where like people like myself kind of come into play a little bit because it's like, man, I can talk both languages here, right? This is what they're saying. Yes. But I'm able to tell that maybe a little bit better of a light. And then on the other side, coming down, I'm like, we understand that solving this, that to solve this problem might take $6.8 million this year. Never going to happen. We're not going to get $6.8 million. You can't just print money in the government sector. Yeah. Well, in the state and local, okay? Federal government, that's a whole different conversation, right? But uh, you get my point. So and that's where we can kind of come in again. Facts tell, which engineers do an amazing job of like, these are the facts, right? Let me lay it out for you. And they are smart. They understand all of this stuff. But up, up top is saying, yeah, I don't understand what you're, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. Council member, the CFOs, our city managers are like. I want to invite you to the next UnWebinar. What is an UnWebinar? It's no slides, no sales pitch, just added value. These are small group discussions that are designed to really be two-way conversations between you and myself, where you can get insight and advice on the issues that you're dealing with today. 
The overall goal is to equip you with what you need so that you can win at work and at home. Understand you do not have to do it alone. Sign up for the next Unwebinar today. And what I would say, James, is part of that, and I think this is a great discussion, part of it is the engineers or the person that is actually further to the ground that's solving the problem, right? In this case, the person that's actually doing the design and solving the problem. They have solved a technical problem. They have a great technical solution. But as it goes further and further up the food chain, they don't have technical problems. They have political problems. They, they have public relations problems. And so it's understanding how can your technical solution actually solve a political problem or a problem in that sphere. So yeah, you're, you're right. You go up to the, the, those type of executive decision levels, they're dealing with political issues and hot buttons, right? Mm -hmm. They're not really in the technical sphere for the most part. So it's great to see when that all comes together. You get the engineering side of the house, we can solve the problem. Then we can kind of work through the political side of the revenue side of it, if you will. Yep. Uh, and, and get some things taken care of. And I mean, because I think younger yeah. engineers face the same thing, even in the private sector, they can mm -hmm. come up with a solution, but then that solution needs to be translated into a way that the higher level engineers or the managers, the people that are actually making decisions are going to be able to review that recommendation or that design and make a decision on it. And so it's really, I think it's a universal problem per se of, we just have to learn how to package our solutions in a way that the people that we're trying to provide that solution for will be able to do something with it. Thousand percent, man. I've been very fortunate to have engineers, like to my point as mentors in my yeah. life, because without that technical fundamental understanding of how things just work. Yeah. You can't do that. So yeah, you're spot on. And we're seeing that more and more, especially in our space with data collection, pavement management, asset management. We're seeing that those two sides all come together right now. Mm -hmm. Really cool solutions of technology with LIDAR, artificial intelligence, as well as the engineering solution side of the house and bringing this information packaged up in like a GIS based interface where mm -hmm. The political side can look at the, look at how it's packaged in the dashboard and say, oh, I get it. The red ones are failed. And if I click here, I can watch this video and wait a second. Oh, you've identified this distress over here. And the engineers say it's load bearing, which means we're going to have to make a full depth replacement. You know, you get the idea. Yeah. So yeah. we're just trying to put it all together, man. So. And so you brought up a lot of interesting things, LIDAR, artificial intelligence, all of these different data collection techniques in the pavement management and asset management space. That type of technology. Mm-hmm. To bring it kind of full circle, I burned the boat as payment management group. I was JG3 consulting from 2011 to 2016. Mm -hmm. I was still conducting more or less boots on the ground type surveys as a very small consulting firm. I got these big dreams. My tagline is dream big, work hard, become legendary. And I said, you know what? JG3 consulting isn't something that we can't scale. Well, I got to think bigger, man. Let me think bigger. And I was out of town one time and I was actually going through the divorce situation and all this stuff. I see, I'm supposed to stay an extra couple of days in this hotel and figure something out. And what I came up with for me coming into the technology stuff was, you know what? There's all this great equipment on board, which means I have to get that vehicle to a location, collect it in that manner. And then I still have to do post-processing. Yep. So I thought about, well, what if I just go dug my GoPro out when I get home? Mm -hmm. I had a Honda Accord back in 26, shoved on the Honda Accord up there and just go capture some roadway video. And let me go look at it as a ASTM expert in condition <laughs> assessment. So I did that, James. I did it for the city I currently live in. 
I collected the information, looked at it, and I said, wow, like I can actually see all of the elements taking place out here in terms of distress. Mm -hmm. So if I can see that, I know a little bit about what machine learning is. It's basically, you can do machine learning on anything you want. So I said, you know what? I could probably teach a computer to do this, but I don't know how to do that. So I ended up syncing up with the, it is what it is. That's a whole other story. But the bottom line is I brought machine learning. I hired three, four more staff members, trained them all up. We went through a deep machine learning process over about 18 to 24 months when it was all said and done. And we just fully deployed that this year as a solution. So full circle, what does that look like for machine learning, you know, or artificial intelligence? Yeah. Being able to capture video, 360 imagery, drone, whatever it is. And then having that AI element document, identify that stuff for you and locate it yeah. to, get you, to get you ahead. And as we speak, LiDAR has been around for the last decade or so easy in our space. But what we're seeing is smaller form factors, cheaper processing, a cheaper sensor. Hell, you remember what a GNS sensor back in the day was hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Yes. Now you can get one for a hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, it just depends again on what you're shooting for the solution. Some want to be sub-millimeter in accuracy. At the end of the day for road crack measurements, gosh, a few centimeters, I'm good. You know what I mean? A stop sign location, I'm good. But we're seeing that point cloud come into the mix and allow us to have like this virtual interaction with our assets, our infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And it's really neat to see a Mustang. Yeah. Think about why a car manufacturer would do something like this. Something kind of funny. Facebook is this social media platform that's got us all kind of, I call it like held hostage in some ways, right? And we all do it. Yep. So I go through it. I saw this five years ago. I was out in Fairfax, California, out in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And I put up a post on Facebook that says, today I rented a car from a company that doesn't own cars, Turo. I also stayed in a house that from a company that doesn't own real estate, mm -hmm. which is Airbnb. And I said, these types of things should make you think about what's coming. Are you prepared? And the hashtag was like, think different. Yeah. And that was only five years ago. At the same time, it, it seems like it was so long ago, yet it was also just like it was yesterday. Yeah. And, and I think what, what happens is that we cling to the past and we think that the future is going to be a replica of the past. And so when your friend is saying, I, I don't know why they touched the Mustang. Well, they didn't touch your Mustang. Your Mustang is in the past, but someone that's coming up in the future, their Mustang is in front of them. And that's what they're designing this for. You just crushed that. Yep. That's what they're doing. Solutions. I, I want to kind of bring us toward this whole ideal of success principles or things that you've been able to deploy within your life that has helped you to achieve success. And so if you were to think of, let's say your top three, what would those top three things be? Well, top three. So if I could, for the audience, maybe something that's helped me was before I even did any of that, James, I had to think about what does success actually mean? We can go Webster Dictionary, Google it, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I believe success means something different to everyone. When I do personal development talks, I bring that up. If I ask you, I'm going to get different answers every single time, right? Yep. So what I wanted to focus on wasn't necessarily defining what success is. One of my big taglines is what can be measured can be improved. I live for that. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself like, well, how can I actually measure some success? How do I know I'm gaining success? Mm -hmm. So I came up with the formula. It's very straightforward. It's the formula for finding the volume of a mass. Mm -hmm. Go back to middle school, man. We're all mass. We're all an object. Yeah. Right. 
it's length times width times the height, mm-hmm. right? So height, width, depth is what I come up yep. with. Height is your personal development, man. Height. So how high are you growing each day, each month, each week, each year? You get the idea. You can measure that, right? How many books have I read this week, this month, right? How many networking engagements have I had? Whatever. So there's that part of it. Width is that next level for me. It's how am I growing my audience, growing my network. Your network is your net worth. I'm not sure if we, we've heard this. Yes. I believe in that. So for me to have success, I got to do work on myself. Now I got to go, again, I don't like being the smartest guy in the room. I want to go, I want to go hang out with people who are smarter than me, man, and learn from them. Mm-hmm. There's your width, like getting wider, right? Creating an audience. And then depth is that next level is where you take your, your knowledge base that you've learned and you're starting to apply that out there. You're getting deep. So that's just kind of my concept there. Okay. Maybe that helps somebody, maybe not, whatever. But that kind of helped me about five, six years ago. I'm like, man, what is this going on? So that's the easy way I can measure this stuff. The second part of that is I think we'll have to realize that success is not a destination. It's not a destination. It really is a journey. You should be striving for success in all areas of your life as well. Yes. We see so many from the business owner hat for a minute. I see so many business owners that are focused on their revenues or focused on their financial status and things along those lines and growing their company as they should in a lot of ways, but they're failing in other areas. Maybe it's their health, their diet, or their relationships at home. Most problems in the workplace aren't because of the workplace. We all know this. It's because <laughs> of something else going on out there. Yeah. So when you, you start looking at becoming more accountable for your actions, right? Looking for guidance and help and seeking those things and realizing that, hey, man, what if I just keep doing this? Yeah. I can continue my journey. When one of my biggest things that I never want to, you know, have happen to me and it won't, but I thought about this is like being on my deathbed and having regrets. I'm sure we will all have a regret to some degree, but man, I don't want to be whether I'm 44, I'm 43 now and I'm facing this. We never know when our time is up or I'm 84, 94, 104. I don't want to be like, man, I really wish I would have started that company. Mm-hmm. I really wish I would have pursued this opportunity. I'm going to go pursue whatever I can. Some of it will pan out. Some of it won't pan out. What will happen? I'll grow from it. I'm going to grow from taking your LinkedIn message, right? And now we're chopping up on a podcast, helping each other and hopefully others. So anyway, that's kind of my whole path to success there. Like my three things are find something that works for you, Mm -hmm. right? It can be a formula, it can be a definition. Understand why you're working for the success. Mm -hmm. Is it really because uh, you need to grow another million dollars of revenue next week, next year? Is it really because you're going from the engineer tech position to engineering two position? What is it, right? And then finally, it's go all in on it, man. Go be the best whatever, you know, that that you can in your position and then inspire and help others. Hey, this is James, and I'm here to help you win at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. We're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. You got it, man. I think you nailed that because success is not a one-size-fits-all thing. Success is absolutely a journey and not just a destination. It's not just that destination. If you look at it as a destination, then you may miss the actual transformation that happens along the way. And what is the most valuable thing is that journey because that's where the transformation happens, right? When you start off 
to achieve something and accomplish something mentally, you may be there, but you got to, you work. And through that process, through the ups and downs, through the failures, through the turns, you work and you gain strength, not just for that destination, but you gain strength to go to the next one. And then that journey prepares you for the next one. And then you keep getting prepared indefinitely. You want to live life with no regrets. You want to be able to say that this is how you define success. This is why you want it and then go get it. Absolutely. You got to go get it. And the, the last thing you talked about, which I think is important and sometimes we miss, is being able to give that out to other people, right? Being able to share that with other people, not just people that may be your clients, but just other people in general. That So there's this, we, we have this concept about not wanting to be the smartest person in the room. And when someone asks, asks me that, I'm like, well, it depends, of course, right? It's always, it depends. There are times when I do want to be the smartest person in the room, not to act like the smartest person in the room, but to help those other people in the room kind of move forward and to grow. And by doing that, I even grow myself because a lot of times, and you know this, when you're teaching someone, when you are instilling uh, these principles, you grow in your level of understanding and your ability to communicate and connect. So I want to be in both rooms. I want to be in some rooms where I'm not the smartest person. I want to be in some rooms where I am. But the big thing is being in, having a position and a heart to provide value regardless of the room that you're in. And you're spot on. You do that, you're also growing in your impact in the masses. And I think that's the evolution of a career. That's the evolution of your definition of legacy and success. So yes. yeah, I appreciate you actually bringing that up because when someone like me says, oh, I don't want to be, yeah, of course, on my personal development journey, sure. I want to go out there as much as can. I would, I would say I want to spend more time in rooms where I'm not the smartest, but when I am in those situations, and by the way, we should all be aspiring to create those situations. Yes. You know, it's okay. It's okay. I don't want to say like the know-it-all, like that's not the right way to say it, but it's okay to be that person as long as you're willing to go pour into others yeah. and go add that value. And then you're going to go out and shake the hands, right? People are going to come into your ecosystem and say, wow, I know you get it from your podcasting mm -hmm. adventures, right? Mine's from coaching, consulting, and speaking engagements. It's like, hey man, I never really thought of it that way. Now you're having a conversation. You're both enlightening each other. Yep. And Dude, it, I did it, this. Yeah. And what, what hit me, James, is that I want to be in the room where I can grow. Yeah. And that would put me in either places, but a room where I can grow. Thousand percent. And that's, that's kind of the way that I would kind of sum it up. And some of these things we think about and don't necessarily articulate. So probably, I don't think I've ever articulated the whole thing of, I want to be in a room where I can grow. Now, now that's going to be part of the, the podcast lore, right? We're going to be, you have these sound bites. Well, which room do you want to be in? Me? Oh. I want to be in a room where I can grow. Yeah. Because that's because I think if I'm growing, I'm adding value and value is is being added to me as well. Hey, look, James, I want to absolutely thank you for taking the time. I think this is probably one of the most wide ranging discussions that we've had <laughs> as part of the Engineer Your Success podcast. We've talked about a lot of different things. If people want to get in contact with you to follow up on some of the things that you talked about or to learn more about what's going on at PMG, what's the best way for them to connect with you? The best way to connect with me is just go to jamesgolden.me. It's uh, it's my personal, like a PR type website. Just get a little bit more information on who I am, what I'm about, what my mission is, my core value type concept. You yeah. can see my business holdings. You can see the podcast I've been featured on. You can see the podcast that I put out there. You can absolutely, links to 
payment management group at LinkedIn and online and see what we're all about there. My golden consulting website as well. And just the easiest thing, man. It's like a, that's a one-stop shop for anything about James. So those things. <laughs> James, again, I want to thank you for joining the Engineer Your Success podcast. It has been a blast talking to you and getting to know you. And I hope that you, you know, will consider coming back on the show. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Always humbled. Again, I try to come up here and just add value to the audience. Hopefully they got some of that. Feel free to reach out to me, anybody, man. I'm an open book. You can even find my mobile phone number on that website, by the way. Like I am that transparent. Just connect with me the right way. That's all I'm going to say, right? Yeah. No, yeah. no pitching, anything like that. But uh, yeah, dude, I would love to come back on here and talk about anything specific. Or if you get some feedback on this podcast, man, let's, yeah. do, let's do it. All right. All right, guys. I want to thank everybody. And I'm going to end this like I end most other podcasts. And that is many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And there is a select group of people that actually follow through and do it and achieve the life of their dreams. And James Golden, I want to thank you and celebrate you for being part of that select few because you are doing it and you are living the dream, man. Thank you, man. It means a lot to me. I appreciate you. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life and it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.